Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, Twitch has failed to close the book on the Twitch leak, although they believe they have. Best Buy has put out a subscription model so that you can go ahead and move to the front of the line for items no one else can buy and new GPUs coming out of NVIDIA and AMD, all that and more. Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Oh yeah, and a MacBook Pro might have a notch. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Story, whatever this Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We have a lot of uh, odd conclusions to ongoing stories. Or really just one. Others are just odd turns, including with Blizzard, the Twitch leak. But then there's just other oddball ones you don't know should i put this story in the beginning of the show when i normally talk about security vulnerabilities or do i put it at the end of the show where we just talk about the most bizarre stuff out there i legit was not sure i'll just give you the headline moscow metro introduces World's first, and it puts it in quotation marks, TM, pay-by-face system. Pay-by-face. It is a biometric payment system that will scan your face Then link that up to a database of faces that it's that that hopefully you actually consented to giving them. And then just right from there. Pull up your card info and just charge you that way. While Europe right now is starting to realize just how actually scary facial recognition data currently is. And I'll say Europe is pretty much at the forefront of this because here in America, we're still just like staring at Facebook and just kind of absolutely forgetting the fact that they have facial recognition and just horrified by the literally everything else they do. Also, we have Elon Musk, so we have our own issues on top of that. But here's my question, and someone in the chat actually just beat me to my point. How is it scanning your face? Is it taking a 2D or a 3D image? Do I need to go ahead and 3D print a face? Or do I just need to go get an inkjet printer, have it print one picture of someone's face, and then throw out the printer because it's an inkjet printer and doesn't deserve to actually exist. Like, this is the question I've got here, and I feel it's a legitimate question.
In any case, let me know how that, well that works for you, Moscow. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, just continue using cash or a card like some sort of primitive savage instead of having my face scanned by easily hackable databases that will end up leaking out all of that data inevitably because, let's be honest, it's not a matter of if the database of facial data and credit card info is leaked. It's a matter of when. Don't doubt me. Meanwhile, over here in the U.S., in Missouri, a Missouri newspaper talked about a security risk that involved all of the social security and safety data of their teachers. So, what does the state of Missouri do when the newspaper decides to go ahead and move forward after not receiving any feedback back from the state of Missouri when they presented their findings? The newspaper faces prosecution. Oh, that is absolutely the wrong answer. I cannot think of a more wrong answer than that. Just get the popcorn. Just get the, this is going to be gold. I don't care what state or country you're in. This is going to be beautiful. This is going to be the biggest bapping in the forehead with a rolled up newspaper you have ever seen. There is no way this newspaper is going to face any kind of sentence and it's going to be countersued back because this is a blatant underline blatant textbook absolute textbook example of a first amendment violation here in the u.s for those who don't know there are several amendments to various constitutions one of which is called the right of free speech specifically the right of free speech says that a governmental body with except for very specific and I do mean very specific exceptions cannot silence the the speech of the press among other other entities this is literally literally a textbook example of freedom of the press and then on top of that as everyone then covers this they then realize why the state of Missouri is going after this newspaper? I'm not even exaggerating. I say I cannot think of a worse possible reaction to for this story to have ended.
Uh, that's it's gonna be a a beautiful one. It really, really is. No word at this point if the security risk has been patched because let's be honest, every single tech outlet in the world that saw this story. They're not looking at the security risk anymore. They're getting the popcorn to see how badly the state of Missouri gets slapped down. But if you feel like that is just too stupid for you to for, for you to handle in your country, how about we go over to China? We can all agree we can just make fun of China, right? And how about the fact that China is now limiting investments in cryptocurrency mining? As China has now moved on from saying what is or isn't good enough for someone in the chat says that the security risk was that the source HTML included people's social security numbers and that's what was. I think that is correct. I do vaguely recall that being said when I was going through my prep. That's so much worse. But back to China. <laughs> just, just, you know, just hit F12. Hey, look, full security numbers in the HTML. <sighs> Classy. You know, if your entire, da you know what, if pressing F12 is a hacker, is a, is a hacker move. Mashing it. Oh my, oh man. China is limiting the investments of cryptocurrency mining. So, basically China is pushing more and more and more into trying to make sure that any kind of currency that isn't their own is forbidden within China. That's the only other way to kind of look at this. That, I mean, why else would they be limiting cryptocurrency other than, you know, cryptocurrency has gone from kind of a neat idea to basically something of a cult. We're going to get more into that later on about just the level of anyway so china is just going ahead and saying that there is going to be a limit as to how much cryptocurrency mining hardware investments can be made within the country in addition to how much cryptocurrency can be bought in general so first china has just basically gone and say any sort of cryptocurrency transaction illegal but if you're going ahead and just buy cryptocurrency for the sake of investing well now there's gonna be heavy limits on that i guarantee you i guarantee you the next step is to forbid that The next step is just to forbid buying cryptocurrency as an investment. 
because that's how china operates china does not operate in the manner of just bringing down the hammer they bring down slightly smaller hammers until the big hammer doesn't seem as big anymore but they're also not good at it So we'll just have to wait and see what happens here. Not that it really matters because what are you going to do? It's China. Someone in chat says, I mean, at that point, just forbid owning in any way, shape or form by December. I would not be surprised at all if by the end of this year, China just forbids having any kind of cryptocurrency, period. Because like I said, the way they operate is in small hammers. Bring out a small little hammer, say no, no doing that, then a slightly bigger hammer, then a slightly bigger hammer, then a slightly bigger hammer, then a slightly bigger hammer. I'm willing to put that down on a prediction. Actually, speaking of predictions, I should actually go back and see what my uh, what my predictions for 2021 were. Or if we just looked at uh, at what uh, at 2020 and just said, you know what? Forget that. I actually don't recall at all if I did a prediction episode for 2021 or not. I have to go back in my notes and see that. Meanwhile, meanwhile, my stories are out of order. I forget. We're just going to go in this order. Apple is appealing the Epic Games ruling originally called a resounding victory. Why? Why is Apple doing this? Who wants to take a guess? Does anyone want to take a guess as to why? Why Apple wants to appeal the Epic Games ruling in which it won almost everything? Because there's one thing it didn't win. And that was the permitting of third-party payment processors for in-app purchases. That is the one thing Apple didn't win. And because now they're seeing the third-party payment processors start to try and appear on the App Store. They want to crush them. Crush that before it gets going. It won 95% of everything in the case. But that one thing that caused so many tech outlets to declare Epic Games the winner is still a very big thing. All right, well, we'll see how it goes. Remember what I said, that this was not the end 
of the Apple V Epic case. I want to pat myself on the back, but let's be honest. Everyone knew I was right. It was about as easy to predict as the sun rising tomorrow. In the meantime, Apple, or I'm sorry, Google is countersuing, is countersuing Epic after seeing that Epic lost most of the cases against Apple. So at the same time that Apple was su- or that Epic was suing Apple, Epic also sued Google. Google, on the other hand, decided it was much, much, much easier for their sanity to just settle. Because they felt that Epic was going to win. Now seeing that Epic has lost most of the points, Google's like, hey, wait a minute. We're going after them. Because apparently, they believe that the whole sue that was planned in the first place was after, quote, tremendous monetary gain and wealth. Zona Jet asks, can they do that after there was a settlement? Because it never reached a court, I believe they can. But again... I am a tech nerd with a doctor mug. I have, I am not a legal expert by any stretch of the imagination. Someone in chat asked, wouldn't that be a breach of the settlement agreement? If it was in the settlement agreement, yes. But that's the thing. Is it in the settle agreement? Unlike a lot of our resumes when we're getting out of high school, it's n- it's not like these sort of uh it's not like these settlements are based on a template and they always include exactly this language. Only your resume trying to get get into get into being a cashier at a gas station or whatever the heck your first job was would would do that. It's all going to depend on what the terms of the, of the settlement were. Even if the terms are just, here's 50k, now GTFO. Or whatever. Although that's a rig I need to get into. How, do, how can, who, who do I pester to, to get thrown 50 grand to, to, to get out of their office? This is a gig I could get into, but probably also illegal. Speaking of things that are of concern and potentially, well, actually not illegal, let's talk about Twitch. As we have talked about last week, I want to say last week, yeah. Last week, there was a major breach of information that was leaked out out of Twitch. Twitch responded with, Tweets and a blog post that, by the way, by the way, have any of you ever tried to navigate the Twitch blog? 
If you haven't, don't. Just don't. You are a better person for never having gone to the Twitch blog. It is a terrible, terrible place to visit. Just don't do it. It's as simple as that. That being said, let's go to the Twitch blog. One of the only two people, or one of the only two places, where Twitch has talked about the breach. All right, I want to stress that. The first post out of Twitch was in fact regarding that they have learned that some data was exposed on the internet due to an error in the Twitch server configuration change that was subsequently accessed by a malicious third party. Our teams are working with urgency to investigate the issue. As the investigation is ongoing, we are still in the process of understanding the impact in detail, yada, 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 yada. Additionally, no full credit card numbers are stored on Twitch, et cetera, et cetera. They also did, but have now deleted it off the blog post. Oh, no, there it is. They have also... A couple hours after posting that said they have reset everyone's stream keys just in case, even though no password information was leaked. Here is the, here is their actual full statement, and I'm going to read it word for word. And of course, in typical fashion, if I feel like I have to interject, I will say, let me interject. The post reads as follows. On the 15th of October at 8 a.m. Pacific time. As we have said previously, the incident was a result of a server configuration change that allowed improper access by an unauthorized third party. Our team took action to fix the configuration issue and secure our systems. Twitch passwords have not been exposed. We are also confident that systems that stored Twitch login credentials which are hashed with bcrypt, were not accessed, nor were full credit card numbers or ACH slash bank information. The exposed data primarily contained documents from Twitch's source code repository, as well as a subset of creator payout data. We've undergone a thorough review of the information included in the files exposed and are confident that it only affected a small fraction of users and the customer impact is minimal. We are contacting those who have been impacted directly. We take responsibility to protect your data very seriously. We have taken steps to further secure our services and we apologize to our community. That is the full blog post of which that is the only place they have talked about it other than a tweet on the official twitch twitter page linking to the blog post i want to focus on the word documents what is a document
there's the real question you should ask. As I've said before, the biggest problem in all this, it wasn't the hashed passwords because anyone can go ahead and reset their password. What's going to matter is if the source code is in there and if vulnerabilities of the Twitch website can be found. I have a serious problem in a four-paragraph statement being as vague as possible as to what the documents from Twitch's source code repository are. Is it the actual source code? Is it comments in regards to the source code? Is it an old version? Is it dumb stick figures? I'd appreciate a little bit more transparency than this. And the thing is, it's not like you can hide anything. I can go and get the leaked info. And if I hated myself enough, I can go through and sift through the 125 gigabytes of leaked info and see what's in it. But I'd rather not because I value my time. So why play this game of just hiding behind the word documents? On top of that, if you're confident that passwords are not leaked, then why is there a database of encrypted encrypted passwords that are from the leak? Someone in chat says passwords don't matter if you have the source code, right? Exactly. Zone in chat says, since when has Twitch had any kind of transparency and clear communication? That's also the problem. But here's the thing. Their inability to communicate does not forgive their inability to communicate now. If there was any time to turn over a new leaf and actually try to go and communicate with the public and restore some faith that they have lost, now... Right freaking now is the time to do it. Telling us oopsie daisies, the leak happened because of a server configuration change and one opportunist hacker took advantage of it and stole data from us. That's not transparency. That is a step in being transparent. Now, in the end, only time's going to be able to tell. I am still a little concerned. Since we already had an issue where every single game banner was replaced with a meme picture of Jeff Bezos. And that was a little modification that lasted a whole day until that was fixed.
Oh no, I totally agree. Um, some of the chat says that I wasn't making an excuse. I was just saying, I understand that. I'm also saying it's still just, come on. I said last week that this is a failure that should result in some heads rolling. And I'll just tell you the truth right here. It should. The management currently at Twitch... And I enjoy streaming on Twitch. Do not misunderstand me. I enjoy this platform. I enjoy the community here on Twitch. But holy cow. Twitch has needed a change in management for a while. And this is... Let me rephrase that. They could have used a change in management for a while. Now they need a change in management. Their slow response to the DMCA problem that's only now finally been mildly addressed. I wouldn't say mildly. I would say it's been addressed. Because at least now with the deal that Twitch has made with the record labels, it now puts Twitch on an equal footing with YouTube with copyright. Whereas before, it didn't. I would say now we're on an equal footing. But it took us, what, four months to get to that point? Someone in chat asked what deal. Twitch made a deal with the record labels. I I forgot exactly which, uh, what was the first organization they made a deal with, and they made a a deal with the other ones. Basically... It is a deal that says we're going to pay you this amount of money and any sort of DMCA claims you have, you must wait a certain amount of time until it's reviewed. So in the case of, in the case of YouTube, most DMCA claims, there is a time period that's allowed for Twitch to react to a claim before legal action is taken. On Twitch, there was not. Which was pretty much why any kind of DMCA claim was met very, very aggressively and very, very swiftly. Now, there's a bit of a buffer. Now you can go ahead and argue it. So, like, let's say I go ahead and stream... um, Oh, Final Fantasy XV actually is a good one. Like, when you open up the actual game... And start a new file. There's a copyrighted uh, track there. You now have the time to say, "Hey, this is a part of the this is a part of the game. It's allowed under fair use." You know, do you accept accept the claim? And either a they they do they do or don't. Whereas before it would just be your whole thing's down. Here's a lawsuit. Enjoy, which was no good for anyone. But then, of course, also there's the issue of the hate raids 
that Twitch Man, I don't know I don't know how to handle how to how to look at the hate raids. The hate raids was an issue that got that Twitch was slow to react to. They were very, very slow. But that's mostly because I know the hate raids were going on for far, far longer than most people know they were. But then at the same time, people were saying that Twitch didn't care. Twitch didn't even know, know about this. When Twitch tried to say, hey, we're looking at this, and then tried to boycott and then tried to take the credit for the boycott doing something, even though Twitch said they were doing something almost a week before the boycott was even thought of. Which again also is a failure of leadership. So yeah, no, no, the, no, the, the, the hate raid situation, yeah, that is a failure of leadership. It's just such a shame. It really, really is, especially when the leadership currently at Twitch seems to care far, 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 far more in trying to push creators to push more Twitch ads, even though the benefit for a streamer to play ads is non-existent. There is literally no reason for any Twitch streamer to run ads, but you know, hey, here's a tool to automatically run ads. Oh, hey, here's a new form of ads. Hey, you can go ahead and do this with ads. Hey, you can do that for ads. I'll be very, very open about this. I want chat to guess right now. Out of the 106, that was my last payout from Twitch. How much of that was from ad revenue? And this is just in pre-roll ads because I run no in any mid-roll ads at all. We have one guess for 12 cents. One cent. One dollar. The actual amount of ad revenue earned on my Twitch page for the last Twitch payout is thirty cents. That's it. And even bigger streamers who have been way, way, way more open about their earnings than many others have shown their ad revenue. And it is pretty close percentage-wise to what I just said.
Someone in chat, chat says, wait, are you allowed to say that? Yeah. There is nothing in the affiliate contract that says that that, that information is... What's the... There, there's a proper term for this, and I'm blanking on... Uh... There's, there's, it's, it's not to be withheld. There's, there's another legal term. Confidential. There we go. Now there, there was, there's nothing in there saying that, that, uh, that there's, a, or an NDA. There, there we go. There's, there's no non-disclosure agreement in regards to my earnings within the, uh, the Twitch affiliate contract. The Twitch affiliate contract is actually shockingly small. By the way, for a legal contract. It is, I'm not even kidding. It is 12 paragraphs. I give or take like five paragraphs. It is a shockingly small contract. But so getting back to the topic at hand. This is most likely to be the last time we ever hear Twitch talk about the um the leak and i'll just restate it again this is unsatisfactory absolutely unsatisfactory and my biggest problem is the fact that is is this sentence the exposed data primarily contained documents from Twitch's source code repository as well as a subset of creator payout data why are you not telling me what's in those documents is it the source code or is this just your own internal notes and once again i have to ask why are you only telling this to people over twitter you have our emails You know, I take that back. I said that we're probably not going to hear any more of this. We are. Because there's going to be lawsuits about this. There's going to be lawsuits about a insufficient method to communicate with your customers. Lawsuit wise. See, how they only used one method of communication and never, ever at all went through email or their own website or anything of, of that matter. There is the fact that payout data was leaked and a lot of these partners that are in the we'll say higher viewer count normally have a much, 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 much more sophisticated contract 
with exclusivity deals, sponsorships, and whatnot that does have NDA strings that tied to that information, and Twitch just violated all that NDA. Yeah. This is going to get pretty interesting. We're going to take a break here and we come back. Valve saying no to blockchain games. Welcome back, you guys on tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Steam has come to a realization. That games that are using blockchain and rewarding with rewarding players with NFTs might lead to some questionable legal ground in the future. Steam recently actually had a case filed against them in regards to trading virtual items that had real monetary value. And while they were still in the middle of that, I actually don't know the result of that particular case. But then they had to look at some of the games that are on their platform. A lot of which are using what they're calling blockchain technology and offering NFTs to their users. Now, for those who have listened in recent history, uh, they would know that I am absolutely not a fan of NFTs. Because quite frankly, the concept of NFTs is really, really dumb and really, really, really exploitable and only the most biggest of diehards understand what nfts are and still a hundred percent support them especially when i see steam banning blockchain powered games and nft games and they're actually being people who honestly say well i guess there's no reason to play games on steam now As though saying that the only value to games is your fake money. This is getting to the point now where true believers of cryptocurrency and NFTs. have now such blind faith in cryptocurrency that they have gone beyond just being hardcore believers and just straight up being a cult. I don't know how else to classify this level of lunacy, especially with the amount of actual money that they're willing to invest into cryptocurrencies like Ethereum just to go ahead and trade for a JPEG 
because it's serial numbered into the blockchain, which I want to remind you that literally, not figuratively, literally anyone can take any kind of picture, whether it be a JPEG, a GIF, a GIF, or whatever, serial number it with an NFT, and then bam, you have an NFT. It is getting to the point of being absolutely ridiculous. And you know what I love? Not only is Valve saying no to this, but another developer, the Age of Rust, is saying that this is an outrage that Valve is going ahead and banning our game because we use, because NFTs have real world value. First off, this kind of NFT games, the concept of having to use blockchain or NFT technology in your game. There is only one reason you're doing it. One reason. No, I take that back. There's two reasons. There's two reasons you're doing it. And both of which are terrible reasons. You are either A pandering to the members of this cult of diehard cryptocurrency enthusiasts or you are using the blockchain technology to make people think they're playing a game while you're actually using their resources to power your blockchain. And quite frankly... Good. Ban this. The less of this kind of nonsense, and the sooner we go ahead and acknowledge that the concept of NFTs is absolutely incredibly, without a doubt, the dumbest thing to ever blight the planet of technology, the better. And then, while we're at it, we can look at cryptocurrencies and then see and then have an intelligent talk about whether cryptocurrency is or isn't actually helpful. Because right now, I want to restate this over and over and over again. The only thing that is actually giving your cryptocurrency any kind of value is what some other person believes it's worth. That's it. Literally nothing else. And if one day everyone just decides that, you know what? This is dumb. The value of your, of your Ethereum goes from $4,000 per Ethereum to zero. But we just need a higher adaption rate and then it'll stabilize. No, it won't. I am more and more convinced that cryptocurrencies value-wise will never, ever stabilize.
And to help prove my point, I'd like to give you this article from Elevated Games, who have just realized that some of the NFTs that they were selling, someone just went ahead and just saved the picture, barcoded it with a new NFT barcode, and then started selling those as well. Did I not call this? From day one, when NFTs were announced, I said, someone is going to just going to go ahead, take a copy of the picture that is an NFT, rebarcode it, and sell it as an NFT. And I feel bad every single time I bring up this example, but there is still, literally still nothing stopping me other than the fact that I am not a monster from going onto this art, this discord of wonderful artists. I know taking pictures, they post and freaking trying to sell them as NFTs, even though it's not my work. Literally nothing. Someone mentioned the Lindsay Lohan persona. That one was actually even better. So you, you want to, I think we talked about this last week or rather I did. And then the episode last week wasn't live because life sucked. But um, what that was, was Lindsay Lohan partnered up with a, um, a group of artists that, um, they base what they they sell NFTs and they basically just went ahead they custom drew one persona for Lindsay Lohan sold that as an NFT but it was all used as a marketing push to sell their other NFTs and what they did is they basically just used an avatar creator to just pump out a metric ton of NFTs and if you actually went to their site I don't remember what it is now and looked at all the various NFTs were, it would just be like one element changed. And that would be it. Like they would literally just go through and these things exist. Um, there's a site called uh, Picru that does these sort of things all the time. And you can just go ahead and just basically just make a picture very MMO avatar style. That's it. I'm trying to like scroll through the freaking there it is. And you just go through on these sort of things. And and basically all it would do is that you'd have this kind of picture here. But you just go through, just swap out eyes. Change the eye color, 
and just keep going through element after element. And basically what they did is just make something like this and just constantly change one element and then print it out and sell it as an NFT. And they had thousands because they went ahead and made something like this. It was absolutely awful. But yeah, they partnered up with Lindsay Lohan to try and push their basically money printing scheme. And they were selling each one for like, I want to say their base price was like 0.2 Ethereum. So at least they were only asking, you know, $800 per NFT. But it's still $800. (laughs) It's ridiculous. I say only because I've seen a lot of these other places with NFTs and they ask three Ethereum. That's $12,000. So $800 for an NFT is a bargain, you know, as long as you ignore the fact that you are buying literally nothing other than a JPEG or a GIF or a GIF. Maybe even a PNG. Ooh. But yeah, um, Saboria Production would like to inform you that all NFT-related products made by Elevated Games under the Ultraman license are not supported officially and should not be considered licensed products. <laughs> so, someone in chat has made a good point. I think I think that's very fair because you're trading nothing for nothing. It would be if it weren't for the fact that you know in the first place these lunatics went ahead and paid, you know, three, four grand for the Ethereum in the first place. Or worse, they paid 10 grand for three graphic cards to go mine that Ethereum. As much as the end result of Ethereum is nothing, there is still a monetary value that went in to generate that nothing, which makes cryptocurrency, which makes it so much worse. Because we're basically burning money to create nothing. That's the worst part of it all. (laughs) The same person in chat says, gotcha. So it costs three units of stupidity. Those guys got to be rich. They are because they're smart enough to go ahead and sell those three units of stupidity to someone even stupider and actually get real cash out of it. It's basically one giant money laundering scheme. Which just makes it so, so much worse. (sighs) Honestly, the only part about all of this that I take from the NFT skerfaffle 
is that I feel I feel like a genius because I was able to see where exactly this nonsense was going from literally, not figuratively, literally day one. But the part that makes me sad is the fact that literally anyone could have came to the exact same conclusion I did by just following basic steps. So it's like, I feel like a genius, but I know I'm not a genius. It's just that the rest of the world that believes in this sort of stuff just cannot connect the five dots to realize that we've made nonsense. Meanwhile, Verizon's visible cell customers were hacked, which led to unauthorized purchases. What? So apparently, customers that use the service visible that were also on Verizon suffered a database breach and unauthorized purchases were made using Visible. Now, I don't know what Visible is. I'm not going to lie. I assume Visible is some kind of... It's some kind of good shipping services service that that there was like people like people are showing pictures here that they ordered a brand new iphone 13 pro max that was shipped out the company went ahead and said that we're sorry for any confusion that was caused there was an error in this email was sent to members please disregard it even though there even though you know the purchases still happened Someone in chat says that Visible is a, is a uh, cheap Verizon cell service. Okay. Now we know. I just, I've never heard of this one. There we go. Someone, someone gave, was nice enough to give me a link. Yep. They are a subsidiary of Visible. Shout out to the, to the article I had that didn't mention that. They just assume that everyone knows that Visible is a subsidiary of Verizon. This is what I get for doing this prep yesterday and not double-checking everything to make sure I had all, all the facts, or not all the facts, but all the notes I needed. So, if, um... Yeah, you might want to go ahead, if you run Visible... Go check your details and make sure that uh, nothing was changed, because... Whee! <laughs> oh, this looks like fun. I'm so glad I'm not part of this. This looks like an absolute nightmare. Instagram is now pushing in a new feature to urge teenagers to take a break from their absolutely toxic platform that is bad for your health.
What's Instagram? Is Instagram now a Korean MMO? It's the first thing that popped in my head when I saw this. A lot of Korean MMOs, what the, there's actually a requirement to let you know how many hours you've been playing. And at least we'll, you know, try and recommend just like, hey, you know, we, we, we know that uh, our game is as addicting as it gets, but uh, maybe you should go outside and touch some grass. You know, it might be good for you. This is just like that, except instead of, you know, going on a whimsical adventure in a mystical land as you would in a, in a random Korean MMO, or, you know, kill more soldier skeletons for your soldier skeleton card. It just won't drop. All you get from Instagram is depression and food pictures. You know, by comparison, firing up Ragnarok Online sounds like a pretty good idea right, right about now. Ah, who am I kidding? My MMO addiction right now is FF14 by far. It's not even, it's not even debatable anymore. But apparently that's going to be our one move from Facebook to try and clear their good name. Just take a break from Instagram. Or, you know, just do something else the fact that's still kind of the fact that it's instagram and not facebook or twitter still blows me away because of like all of the of all like the absolute terrible posts i see like, if I say toxic social media environment, what's the first thing that pops in your head? It's either Facebook, your Twitter timeline, you haven't been, taken enough time to go ahead and, uh, and clean out, the B-board on 4chan, or Reddit. Or the poll board on 4chan for that fact. Actually, there's probably quite a few boards on... I actually haven't been on 4chan sans for like a couple of boards in a while. I actually can't believe that F is still going on 4chan. How the heck is F still alive? Still, for those who don't know, F on the 4chan board is the Flash board. That was pretty much where you'd find all the Adobe Flash memes that would hit there first before it would hit um, Newgrounds or, or any of the other old repositories before YouTube existed. Someone in the chat says there are emulators. I know there are emulators, but it still just kind of blows me away. 4chan has moved on to using, uh, even before 
Chrome tried to kill um Flash. 4chan made the move to using uh embedded uh what what is it? WebMs? I think's the format. They moved to actually being able to upload movies to or videos, short videos to pretty much any post. They made this move like six, seven years ago. Like everyone said, that's the death of F. That didn't kill F. Well, now we're going to kill Flash. That didn't kill F. All right, well, now we're really going to kill Flash. That didn't kill Flash. That didn't kill F. Like that board refuses to die. And as someone who has been a longtime lurker of F since high school, it, it makes me a little happy. Not very happy because there's still a whole, whole lot of garbage that's posted up there, but it, it makes me a little happy to see it's still kicking. Just not very aggressively. In any case, Instagram sa- says go touch grass. Meanwhile... Windows 11 had their first Patch Tuesday. And you know what Patch Tuesday did? It made Ryzen CPUs worse. Now I see the Intel skirt, the, the Intel push. You see it? They go and work with Microsoft to make sure their CPUs don't get borked. So then Ryzen CPUs do get borked and lose more and more and more performance. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. See? See? Now you have to go to Intel. All right. Should I take off the tinfoil hat and actually say what's been going on? It's very simple. It, in, Intel worked very, very closely with Microsoft because Intel is moving forward to a um, what's called a big little architecture, which means that they'll have high efficiency cores and high power cores. And Microsoft is really invested in this technology because they want Windows 11 to be the everything platform OS, laptop, tablets, desktops, and all that jazz. They're looking at who has the most advanced technology that has the best future, which currently is Intel. That big little technology is, in fact, going to be what is the future of computing. Because that's going to mean much, much, much more efficient laptops. It's going to mean much, much, much more efficient tablets. It could, in fact, also mean x86 powered phones probably not that but it could mean that amd is working on this technology too but they don't have it ready yet so while microsoft is looking towards the future because let's be honest with the requirements that windows 11 has it is not for the present or the past it is looking for the future it's leave. It's not optimized as efficiently for Ryzen processors. So as they're doing patches for the future, it's kind of hurting Ryzen performance. 
That being said, these kind of software efficiency problems can be fixed with patches. So, while Microsoft is looking forward, AMD is also looking at the president and just saying, hey, we're going to get our performance up. In the meantime, I will still just say, are you ready? Are you ready for, for this sage advice? Don't upgrade to Windows 11 yet. It's that simple. Just pass on the update for now. Because there's going to be tons of these growing pains. Surprise! Again, just like with the NFTs, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. We're going to take a break here when we come back. Let's take a look at the new GPUs that launched. Because, whoo, they are, they are a treat. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right, so here's a brand new strategy from Team Red. Since trying to hype up graphic cards that no one can buy for a reasonable amount is not working, AMD decided to launch the RX 6600 with a brand new strategy. Silence. I'm dead serious. This was their strategy. They just launched it. And the only reason that I even know it launched was because, well, every single tech reviewer out there had their reviews out because the embargo lifted, because it launched. But AMD mentioned nothing of it. The RX 6600 is... I'll I'll be blunt. It's a bad card for its money. But here's the other problem with me saying that. We're not in a normal market right now. The main reason that this GPU might as well have just launched without anyone talking about it ever is because there's not going to be enough supply on the shelf. They're going to sell pretty much instantly because supply is not going to meet the demand that's out there. And that 330 price tag that it sells for You're not going to buy it for that much. You know you're not going to. It's going to be a $700 card. It's going to be a $700 card for roughly the same performance as my GTX 780. Which is going to be, you know, pretty, pretty good 1080p performance. That's not fair. It's probably going to outperform my 780, no problem. But the point still stands. 
it's going to launch. AMD and their board partners aren't going to be able to make enough to meet demand. Anyone who gets their hands on it is going to sell, is pretty much paid way too much for it. Because it's going to come to the retail stores being, well, it's, it's going to be scalped. It's going to be scalped either by the retailer or it's going to be scalped by the scalpers and then sell it on eBay. In fact, during the break, we just went ahead and took a look at eBay right now. RTX 30, uh, 3060s, which are supposed to be $350 cards, are still selling for north of $700. The founder editions of 3060 Ti's, which is a $400 card, were selling for $1,400. For a $400 card. So yeah. The 6600 might as well have launched silently. Doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't. Because in the end, literally everyone can look at the GPU market right now and know that this is not normal. They know that everything right now is an absolute colossal ripoff and that they should under no circumstances buy any of these cards at all. There's just no other way to say it. That's pretty much all there is to it. Meanwhile, rumors are coming out about an RTX 3050 Ti and 3050. But once again, who cares? We're starting to see shortages of more than just chips. Pretty much everyone right now is starting to get into more of a mindset of whatever they got. They need to just keep it going because buying anything right now is becoming a ripoff. Which honestly is not good for anyone. The supply issues really really do need to be solved. And the fact that I can go up here and say like, hey, there's going to be a 3050 and 3050 Ti according to the, the, this rumor, that rumor, and the other rumor, and the fact that, it, that we look at each other here upon hearing that and go, who cares? Really says a lot. Because normally I'd be the first one to go, you know, hey, a 3050, uh, an RTX 3050, if it's power efficient enough, hey, you can just go ahead, pick up a Dell Optiplex with it's just got a quad core in it, throw an RTX 3050, and you can get freaking Xbox likes performance on that easy peasy for a fraction of the cost. Except you can't. Not only because 
the used market is drying up as companies that would normally upgrade computers are now holding off on the upgrades because the new computers are not available because of the supply shortages. But also, there's no way you're going to be able to get an RTX 3050 for the most likely suggested retail retail price of $150. That's usually what the 50 series goes for. I'd be willing to bet the MSRP on the RTX 3050 is going to be $199. But let's also be honest. I could lie and say it's 50 bucks and it's going to matter equally as much. Because the card's going to go for 500 Because the market right now for GPUs is just dumb. Much like the market on a lot of goods is becoming dumber and dumber and dumber. And I wish I could say better, but I can't. So with that said... Is there any good to come out of this? I can think of one, actually. And that actually has to do with this new rumor. A rumored RTX 3090 Ti. A new, new, super top dog card from NVIDIA. That, well, let's be honest. It's going to sell for MSRP probably close to two grand. And then sell on the used market for four grand. So what's the big deal with this card? Other than the fact it's, you know, a monster that no one can get their hands on. The card is to include a new power connector. Hear me out for a second, okay? If you're going to introduce a brand new power connector for a graphic card and expect it to be adopted as a standard, right now is the perfect time to do it. Why? Because no one can get this card anyway. Introducing a new standard like this is always, right when it launches, is the worst time to bring up the new standard because nothing supports the brand new connector. By the way, the new connector is basically exactly like their little 12 pin, except it has an additional slot with four more pins under it. This new connector is able to support up to 600 watts maximum on the one connector. But of course, nothing's going to support it. But since no one can get their hands on these GPUs anyway, why not introduce it now? And give the market time to adapt to the new standard, possibly even adopt and support it fully, and find new and unique ways to take the standard and be able to make connectors that integrate cleanly into the system.
Now, of course, the question is, will people actually support the standard? I don't know. We'll find out in two years when, when we're allowed to buy GPUs again. I'm so glad the video games I play right now are not, like, heavily graphically demanding. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Gives me slightly more sanity. Meanwhile, uh, Intel wants to talk more about ARC and their GPUs. The new Intel GPU is coming as soon as 2022. Yay. These new graphic, the first generation Intel Arc graphic cards, codename Alchemist, are now expected as early as 2022. Here's my question, though. Will any board partners create the entire Alchemist card out of metal so that it can be called the Full Metal Alchemist card? Hey, I'm already depressed enough when it comes to reporting this GPU stuff. I need to get my shots in whenever I can, all right? <laughs> Spare me. Chat's actually saying get out. <laughs> they need to try and resurrect the dead GPUs first. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh. Be honest, we needed that. With all the madness that is the chip shortage, we needed that laugh. You know what else we need a laugh for? This brand new... VR headset from HTC. Let's just all join hands together in perfect harmony and point and laugh at the absolute atrocious look that the Vive Flow has. So these are VR glasses that admittedly look fairly compact, except that, you know... They're VR headsets, so uh, they are very, very thick up front, and basically look like goggles you put on that make you look like a bug. That is the only other way to describe it, but here's the best part. It is... Six, it is twin 1600 by 1600 displays with a 75 hertz refresh rate that has roughly, and I'm not even kidding, roughly a half hour of battery life before needing to be plugged in.
They also have no controller compatibility, so they are basically solely for consuming media discreetly with your giant reflective bug goggles. Um, someone in chat says porn goggles. I mean, <laughs> oh, these aren't great. <laughs> There's just no other way to describe it. These are not great, but you know, what's even better. You know, what's even better about the Vive flow all the marketing material that they put out for the Vive Flow, they had to admit they had to Photoshop them onto their model. You couldn't even get people to wear them for a photo shoot. You had to Photoshop your product on. Uh, I'd understand if it was like a famous model. But for crying out loud, it's so much easier to just, hey, Dave from accounting, put these on, click. Someone in chat just pointed out, wait, they literally just stay on with, with the with the glass with the normal glasses arm. There's no way it's gonna stay to someone's face. It, pretty much. It's just the glasses arm. That's it. Like there's the look already, which questionable, but someone could maybe pull it off. But the battery life kills it. And everything else about it kills it. Pretty much like the biggest positive on it is the looks. And even that is bad. But hey, if you don't, if you want, if you have $500 burning a hole in your pocket and you need it for some kind of money laundering scheme that you need to just make vanish. Here you go. You got it. You just got it. Oh, they literally did just take a photo from iStock and Photoshop the Vive on. I thought chat was kidding. I actually thought chat was kidding when they said they did that. No, they actually did just take a stock photo and Photoshop the five on. Wow. Oh. So does this just make it official? Is Valve the only company with invested in VR that has any credibility left? 
We had HTC that just shot themselves in the foot with a shotgun. We have Oculus, which sold the shotgun to Facebook to shoot them with. And then we have Valve. Wow, they're they're just for the more and more I look into this article and how many times the uh Well this isn't even that good of a photo shoot. This isn't even that good of a Photoshop. <laughs> it's so bad. The lighting is off. The shading is, it's, oh my, oh, oh God. They literally should have just ran, ran into the accounting room, throw a set of these on the accountant, take a picture with their phone and then move on. That would have been better than this. This just, this just looks sleazy. This looks so bad. Oh, man. Meanwhile, Magic Leap still exists. And they are about to launch the Magic Leap 2. Magic Leap made the Leap Motion before, which is a mechanism for detecting hand motions and uh, basically is used by no one except for VTubers who actually use it very, very well. Basically, the whole concept of the leap motion was, in fact, to, to, like, move your hands around, and it would be able to detect the movement, but basically nothing ever went ahead and utilized the technology at all until a couple of, until a bunch, a bunch of VTuber software started integrating that sort of technology into puppeteering the avatar's hands, and it actually does it shockingly well, I might add. You know, Leap Motion never did anything with it, but they are working on AR goggles that already look much better <laughs> than the, where is it? The, the Vive Flow. These also integrate the their leap motion technology to track your hands through the control through the um through the ar goggles rather than using independent controllers this is very interesting this i actually want to see how well it works really really curious to see how well this goes but a uh, one big blow however to ar is that the u.s army has delayed their 22 billion dollar deal of hololens with microsoft most likely for the fact that uh microsoft kind of forgot they were supposed to work on hololens 
Raise of hands. Who forgot HoloLens existed? I'm not going to lie. I forgot HoloLens existed until this article crossed my desk. I legit forgot about it. And Microsoft was like all in for like two to three years on it. They were just all in on the HoloLens and it was just like gone. Someone in chat chat says they had a friend that was working on one a couple weeks back. It's legit awesome. It looked legit awesome. I'm not going to deny that. As long as it performs as well as they were saying, I would say, hey, this looks great. Where is it? What's going on? Chat says it's enterprise only right now. You know, that does ring a bell. It was like what? Uh, no, that's Google Glass. That was fifteen hundred. Uh, well, the U.S. Army is just gonna have to wait a little bit longer for their VR glasses. We're gonna take one final break here. When we come back, we need to talk about uh, Activision Blizzard as well as quite a few other interesting little things. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. Best Buy has launched a new subscription service that is, um, it feels dirty. There is no other way to phrase this. It absolutely feels dirty. But I get where it's coming from. So Best Buy Total Tech is for $200 a year supposed to give you access to deals as well as services one of which is the one that's getting the most talk about is well let's just go over the list for $200 a year members receive free geek squad tech support uh, available 24 7 365 on all technology in your home no matter where you bought it total tech expert access a vip service access to dedicate home and chat teams up to 24 months of product protection on most Best Buy purchases during active memberships, including Apple Care Plus on Apple products, free delivery and standard installations, exclusive total tech member member prices, 20% off labor for repairs and advanced services, and 10% off for custom installations, extended 60-day returns and exchange windows on most products, and free haul-away on most product replacements. So 
when you look at the service within this bubble, it actually sounds not too terrible if you are someone that is not very technologically savvy. For someone like me, of course, this comes off as a giant ripoff, but that's also because I am a crazed lunatic who would much rather void the warranty and repair his electronics himself rather than actually return the blasted thing. That's not true. If I just recently bought it, I'd return it. But for the most part, I find it much more fun to just do the repair myself. But again, I also admit I'm a lunatic. But there's one other service in this, and that is the ability to be placed on a priority list for items that are in low supply. And that is what everyone is focusing on. Almost no articles are talking about what I just said. They are focusing solely on the holiday perk. Receive exclusive access to some of the season's hardest-to-find products. So, of course, it immediately shows up as $200 plus the cost of your PS5 or your RTX 3060 or whatever. So I see where Best Buy is coming from because they want to go ahead and try to push this membership service because Best Buy can see where things is going. They can, it is not hard to see the Amazonification of the retail marketplace. They want to go ahead and create a subscription service like Amazon Prime, flex their ability to have a mediocre tech support staff pretty much at every single one of their locations and market that as part of the subscription model to keep themselves relevant in this online-only shopping place. So, of course, why not reward everyone that goes ahead and pays you $200 for all of these services by also letting them get first first dibs on all of these items? That being said, it is extremely difficult to also not look at this and say, if you want a PS5, pay me 200 bucks to get at the front of the line. Because that's exactly what this is saying. You want a chance at that RTX 3060 
200 bucks to get to the front of the line. And it gets even worse. Because it's one thing to say, hey, you legitimate customer who re- who honestly really wants a PS5 to get to, 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 to your son or your daughter or for yourself or for your streaming studio that you do on the side as a hobby. Pay me $200 extra. But hear me out for a second. An RTX 3060, MSRP, $350. Best Buy gets the Founders Edition, which always stays at $350. $200 plus that puts puts that cost at $550 plus shipping. It sells right now on eBay for $700. All of a sudden, $200 to get at the front of this line And then, of course, I can keep making more and more money by just, I've already paid my membership fee, so I can go and get other highly scalped items and sell on eBay for a profit. All of a sudden, this system that, at first, looked like an innocent way to reward those that go into the premium membership package is now exploited by those who want to take advantage of the scarcity for more profit and more scalping. Which then means the honest consumers who want to go ahead and need to get a new graphics card for their system, either to play games or to be able to work work on whatever it is from home, lose out even harder. Best Buy is happy because, of course, they got more people to buy into their subscription model. The scalper's happy because they got quick access to this. And the people who lose out is Honest Joe out there in the middle of nowhere who signed up for this to make sure that they could go ahead and get a PS5 for his little son that he sees. For, or not his son, but his little, little grandson that he only sees once a year for Christmas. He's never going to see it. Because not only will the scalpers have the benefit of the membership, but they'll have the benefit of their robots that can buy them at the speed of electricity. A lot of people are looking at the are looking at the Best Buy protection program and saying that this is an act of greed and malice. I don't think it's that. I think Best Buy truly did think that this plan was good for their shops to stay afloat and to try and flex their muscle when Amazon is trying to take up every single corner of retail. I truly do believe that Best Buy had the best of intentions when coming with this program. I think they didn't think the holiday perks of this membership all the way through. 
both for the element that everyone else is trying to see and for the reason I just said. But you know what blows me away? That part I just said about scalpers being looking at the 200 bucks and saying, hey, easy way for me to go and get in and get more stuff to scalp. No one else is talking about that. And it is not going to be hard to foresee that. It's unfortunate, too. Because you can taste the good intentions I had for this. And I'm telling you, this is going to be far worse than pretty much every other outlet thinks it's going to be. Which is a real shame. In the end, this whole program and the holiday perks element of this is going to backfire. It would not surprise me at all if the bad PR builds up to the point where Best Buy does a complete 180 on this. In fairness, it's only kicking off, well, today, actually. We're recording this on Sunday. This podcast goes live on Monday. And this program launches on Monday. There's actually we're gonna we're gonna move on from the Best Buy story because I'm looking at the clock. We are running out of time, and I actually just realized there's one other thing I did not talk about. I didn't talk about the Apple announcement that's announced for today. Or tomorrow, depending on whether you're here with me live or not. Apple put out an invitation for their next announcement. They are calling it Unleashed. In which everyone is speculating that at this Unleashed event, we are going to be seeing the brand new MacBook Pro M1X laptops. But you know what rumor I'm hearing harder and harder? And I hope they are wrong. There are rumors the new MacBook Pro will have a notch in the screen. They can't be that stupid, right? They can't be. Now, hear me out for a second. I think it's bollocks. You want to know why I believe it's bollocks? Why I believe that the rumors are absolute nothing? Because the iPad Pro exists. The iPad Pro is the, sh- is the piece of physical proof I will give to Apple wanting to just make a slightly bigger bezel when it makes sense to hide the camera rather than chop out a chunk of the screen. They do it on the iPhone because, of course, the screen-to-body ratio is much more important on a small device like an iPhone. When you have a bigger device like a tablet, like a laptop, they have shown they want to go ahead and just instead 
thin out those kind of camera mechanisms and hide them in the bezel where they can. And the fact that this rumor is so strong now gives me doubts. Because if there was this big of a hardware modification to the screens, someone would have leaked this out months earlier. Because every time there is a big hardware modification to an Apple product, we see leaked images leak out months, almost years ahead of the launch. And the fact that we're only hearing about these rumors of the notch now tells me that it's just one jag trying to go out there and push this rumor for the sake of pushing this rumor. That is my prediction. If, if I am wrong, I will just say this. I will be shocked, but not surprised. Because a part of me also knows that if there's one thing Apple will do is that they will do something incredibly stupid for the sake of trying to make themselves feel smart. It's the reason why the headphone jack vanished. It's the reason why why stupid decisions like the knots were made in the first place. It's the reason why they go, they go ahead and stuck to the butterfly keyboard for four years. Those sort of reasons for feeling they're smart enough that they know better but continue to make keep doing a stupid decision. It would still it would not surprise me if there is a notch. But my prediction is that there won't be. Because I can provide more evidence as to why Apple wouldn't make that decision over why they would. Someone in chat asked, will there be a headphone jack? I will say yes. We have heard a lot of rumors earlier about a MacBook Pro coming out with, get this, USB-C or USB-4, headphone jack, SD card reader, and HDMI. There have been a lot of rumors and leaked photos of Apple chassis with these, with these components on it. And I think that would be a huge step in the right direction. Because in the end, yeah, having USB-C as the end-all be-all port is nice and all, but we're not there yet. We just aren't. So that's my prediction on the Unleashed. We also might actually see the Mac Pro or the iMac Pro. I seriously doubt they're going to do one event just for the the 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pro. I seriously, seriously doubt it. And I, for one, would like to see what an iMac that doesn't have a disgusting white border around it would actually look like. Or, more importantly, what's an ARM-powered Apple professional desktop look like? Chet says, and before the one more thing is the iCar. Man. When was the last time we've heard Apple give a one more thing? The desktop will have the notch. 
god, that'd be awful. Oh man. That <laughs> would be terrible. They dodge not putting the notch on the on the laptop, but on the all-in-one they put a notch in, but still have chunky borders because it's a desktop. Oh man, that'd be awful. That would be absolutely awful. Oh no. They'll bring back the cube iMac, but one of the faces will just sit the, the, the notch. Real talk, though, I would absolutely love to see the G4 cube come back as the new Mac Pro. I really would. I am probably one of the few people out there, and I'm no fanboy, fanboy of Apple. I just judge them based on what I see. The G4 Cube has got to be like one of the best compact computers. The fact that you can just go ahead, it looks slick, you can flip it over, pop in a handle, you pull out all of the guts of the computer, and as long as, as, long as you got a screwdriver, you can replace every single component in the G4 Cube. I would love to see that design come back. But this is also from the same Apple that actually said, hey, you see this iMac? Put it face down, two screws, you're in. Replace whatever you want. It was the Apple that actually cared about serviceability. And let's be honest, that Apple is very, very dead. All right, I'm going to very, very quickly talk about the uh, Activision Blizzard situation. And um, we're just going to cover it very, very briefly. And then I'll go into more detail on the subscriber version. I think that's just how we're going to have to ha handle this because we're we got 10 minutes left. So here's basically what's going on with Activision Blizzard right now. One side of the of the case came to an agreement with Blizzard. It's not a very good agreement. And I have argued that it is an agreement where no one is happy. Blizzard's not happy because now they've got the clause of government now in the way they handle their HR department. The employees aren't happy because the settlement amount is ends up once you divide it all up is very, very laughably small. The public is not happy because they can do math and realize the settlement amount is laughably small. It pretty much ends up that literally no one can look at this and say, that's good. It's kind of funny how that worked. But then this happened. Where the, where the DFEH, which is the California Department of Fair Employment, filed and said that the EEOC, which is the federal wing, went ahead and, and settled despite not going hard enough against Blizzard. But then the EEOC filed a complaint against the DFEH saying that there is a conflict of interest 
within the DFEH in regards to how they're handling the Blizzard situation. So now, instead of the federal wing, the EEOC, and the DFEH both looking into Blizzard to say, hey, are you treating your employees fairly? Is your HR department actually trying at all? Now, they're going after each other. Leaving Activision Blizzard to just kind of sit back and just nom on popcorn while they also see their player bases on all their games uh, very, very, very quickly shrink. If you ever wonder why I hate politics, this, this kind of nonsense is exactly why. Because more often than not, when stuff needs to happen, they instead just continue to butt heads with each other rather than actually address the problem. So now we get to sit back and watch this happen. In the meantime, Blizzard, having no idea what the heck to do as their player base continues to shrink faster and faster and faster, first off, decided to make the brilliant, bold, and progressive decision to objectify women by turning a picture of a, of, of a posing woman into a bowl of fruit. I still don't know who asked for that. As well as trying to cover cover up more and more pictures, have now gone in and have spent effort to try and remove more negative and potentially sexual emotes, including their flirt emotes, which are fully voice acted. Here's what I'll say. First off, this is not helping your player base. At all. You have a game where your player base first off has run out uh is very quickly starting to run out of love for the nostalgia of the classic wow encounters and then on top of that you're trying to re-relaunch classic wow in like some sort of weird season thing as like a blatant money grab attempt currently your current content is universally bad. And then to make matters even worse, you are focusing your energy to try and unsexualize your game as much as possible. So let me tell you something, Blizzard. Were you aware 
that there is one particular server on your main version of World of Warcraft where a large chunk of its user base does nothing but exchange sexual stories. It's a server called Goldshire. In fact, you have tools there to go ahead and report role-playing profiles for content. I'm sorry, not Goldshire, uh, Moonguard. Everyone just refers to it as Goldshire because Goldshire is the main town there. The server is called Moonguard. Are you going to ban the majority of the users on Moonguard? You have this clear line that you're drawing with mud about no sexual content in your game. So we're going to start banning the players that take part in these sexual role plays at all? I mean, you could argue that they won't just because, well, they're paying customers. But at the same time, I think they might if they really, really, really want to go down this path because they're already spending resources in trying to cleanse their game super aggressively. But I'll tell you this much. Here's what I would do if I was in charge of World of Warcraft right now. All of this trying to cleanse your image right now, it needs to stop. Because it's not doing any good. The people who are disgusted with the actions of the employees that took part in this deplorable behavior, they don't care whether a woman on a couch is a woman on a couch or a bowl of fruit. They care about the actions you are doing within your company. Not what you're doing to the game. The first thing that needs to happen. Man, what would be the first thing I would do? That's actually a very good question. The first thing I would do is start lifting up a lot of the roadblocks. They're on a lot of the systems right now, which they're starting to do, admittedly. That is one of the first things they are, they are doing. They're working on that. But then after that, I would start looking at the way a lot of other MMOs are doing their raid content and lift some of the blocks there, too. The mythic raiding system of, say, of saying, you know, after a few wipes, you're basically done for the week. You know, what are you going to do? WoW needs to focus on content. And I'll admit right now, 
from a game content sort of perspective, World of Warcraft has absolutely shot themselves in in the foot with their storytelling. Their storytelling is absolutely atrocious. And it might be the fact that they just need to say, maybe the current timeline we have for World of Warcraft is shot. We need to do a complete reboot. Shadowlands would have been the perfect time to do said reboot because they just had a massive stat crunch. But unfortunately, they instead decided to blow themselves in the foot. So maybe a revamp, a WoW 2, even if it's in the same engine, might not be the worst idea at all. We're pretty much out of time, but I just want to end up with the last part of the last story of the day, the weirdest story of the week. Robot dog with a gun. That is all. Spot has a gun. (laughs) We are doomed. Now, granted, it's not actually Spot, but it is a very, very Spot the dog, Spot the robot dog kind of uh, robot with an actual gun turret on top of it. And literally, no one is surprised. But now you actually, <laughs> we are now in Lost Horizon, chat says. You are not wrong. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for watching. Feel free to. Thank you so much for, for listening. Please check out my other works, uh, anchor.fm slash the early bird briefing, and also check out my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Eagle Falcon. Take care. Have a good day. Echo, remind me to play Horizon Zero Dawn so I know how to survive the apocalypse in two weeks. This feels like something that's going to be very urgent very soon.